minutes to go in normal time. Liverpool 3 0. Call it, take it quickly, Origi! Yeah! Hello and welcome to the Redscast podcast. We're back after the Blues finally beat us at Anfield. It's a sad time. I'm joined by Michael today. How are we, mate? Um, it's 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 a complicated emotion, like to be honest with you. Um, to be honest, the sun's been shining this weekend, and, and um, just yeah, I just think it, the weirdest thing about that game. Is that it wasn't a surprise? Yeah, twenty-two years without a win at Anfield or something like something along them lines. I think it was, and yeah, I wasn't surprised after it. I was obviously deflated in that, but um, I wasn't even angry in the sense that in in, in defeats in the past, like the Leicester one, you sat there going, "Oh, the ref this or we played better or whatever." I think they just they just played better. And yeah. even like you can talk about the Trent situation with with Calvert Lewin, but without that, they just won one nil instead of two nil. So um, it's given me a little bit of clarity thinking about it. To be honest with you, do you think that um, we lost the game before it kicked off in a sense of we probably planned all week for Allen and Calvert Lewin, and then uh, Ancelotti threw a masterclass and just threw a spanner in the works at the start? Um, in a sense, but I think you you kind of got to prepare for that in a, in a way. You've got to. You got to look at well, Allen and Calvert-Lewin were touch and go, weren't they? Yeah. You know, he talked to a couple of Blues in the build-up, and like, I'm not sure they're playing, I'm not sure this. So if the fans aren't sure, then surely our management team should be able. I think they probably did prepare for multiple situations. To be honest, I just don't think they prepared to go one nil down to two minutes. Um, I think that was the the key thing. Losing your captain twenty minutes in as well. It's how many how many stumbling blocks can we put in the way of ourselves, almost. I think. I think that's the um, the the thing at the minute. Yeah. What about then with uh, James Rodriguez? He shouldn't have had that much space, should he? No, I think I think the I think Curtis Jones looked all right at times, but if you care Jones being from the city ourselves, you go. I'm going to go and mark him man for man. You know what I mean? I'm going to go and put a, put a marker on him. You know, yeah. just being a young scout lad, because he, he's obviously you know he's not fully developed yet. though I was only twenty years of age, but that's what you think. You think go and get on him, go and get on him. But I think if we, if we have Fabinho at the CDM, I think that that's that's a foregone conclusion. I think Fabinho just does it. And I think Wijnaldum being there is playing a little bit of a part. Um, to say he looks disinterested, I don't know if I'm doing him a disservice by saying that, but. Um, I think the lad is struggling. I think they're all struggling, to be honest. Um, but yeah, the midfield is just shocking at the minute. And I think, um, although Thiago's passing range is incredible, I don't think he's fine in the range because he's 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 got a different midfield three every week with him, pretty much. He doesn't know what to do either, does he? In a sense of like, if you think back to the first uh, Everton game and the Chelsea game, Thiago had Hendo next to him. So he knew Hendo was going to do the track and back. He could just keep looking for them passes. And now, with like you said, he's got different people every time. So it's like he doesn't know whether he's coming or going, if he's going back, if he's going forward. Yeah, it's what we what we've had in the past when it was um, Fabinho, um, Henderson, Wijnaldum last year when we were so good for two years really. Um, you'd find Henderson in the six and Fabinho bombing on sometimes, or um, Genie would drop back and. Fabinho and Henderson were both bombing on or putting pressure on someone. They'd have that rapport, and it, it, it's muscle memory. It's built up, and it all comes back to the fact that we haven't got a centre half. That's that's a, that's used to the club, we're used to the system. People call it excuses, but it's perfectly valid reasons aren't just excuses. You know what I mean? Like there's, there's we've we've said for years since Van Dijk came in, it's like he just settles everything, not just the back four or the back five. He settles everything. I want you to move him, remove his deputy and Joe Gomez, and remove the gazelle that is Joe Matthew. <laughs> it's just, it's a disaster waiting to happen. And 
I honestly think if Fabinho does come back soon, which he, it's looking like he will, let's put him in, in midfield and play Ben Davis. There's not much to lose in the league now. There's, there's yeah. not, there's nothing to lose actually. It's all you've got to go balls to the wall. If you're going to do that, Ben Davis, he can distribute the ball. Just play both of them. Yeah. Just, just go Kabak Davis. The only way they're going to get a little bit of a rapport is to play together anyway. Put Fabinho in midfield so Thiago knows that he's going to cover. He's going to cover this, cover that, and just switch between Milner and Thiago, uh, Milner and Jones, and Wijnaldum if he if he can be asked. I see in Carragher saying Liverpool need to drop ten yards further back for the rest of the season. Would you Would you agree with that? Not particularly, um, because when we have, we were fucking dire then as well. You know, against Burnley, yeah. but I think we dropped ten five yards further back there. That didn't work against the biggest yard dog, long ball pumping side in the world. Um, so it didn't work there. It didn't work against Brighton. We stepped it up a little bit against City, then dropped back after getting the goal. And we, we know what happened there. I think we kind of played the high line against Leicester. That was working until the, the capitulation. And it worked against Leipzig. I think we were on the front foot there. We pressed. Yeah. So playing, a, a, a dropping back and see why, what, Carragher's in the old school. He was, he was a he wasn't the most skilled footballer, but his heart was always in the game, and he always gave one hundred and ten percent every week, didn't he? So you can see from his point of view, as a as a as a proper old school defender that just loves to get stuck in. You can see why he'd do that personally. But um, that's just not the way. That's not the the way Liverpool do it at all. And I think it's you know you can't. You, the way I, I talk to my mates about it, I say, you've got to leave something for the, the injured players to come back to. Yeah. And if we go far, too far away from what we played like on the Van Dyke, don't be a system for them to come back to. We all, they'll all have to relearn stuff. I think it, it, that, that, that worries me if we carry on sitting back and being cautious. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't think that's a good idea at all. What do you think <coughs> up with the front three? Because in that Everton game, yet yeah, we conceded after two minutes. But last season, if that happened, you, you knew Liverpool could score up until the ninety first, ninety second minute. And this, when we go behind this year, you just think game's done straight away. Yeah, um, I think you know it's a, a big part of it, and I think other clubs have benefited, and other clubs have suffered. I think that a big part of why we thought we were going to score to the fans. Um, you know, having, having people in the, in the grounds, like 50,000 people screaming at you, booing, jesting every time you touch the ball. Jordan Pickford had the game of his life the other day. Yeah. You know what I mean? And he wouldn't if the cop was behind them. It's just simple. You know what I mean? They've been playing all right at home because they haven't got 40,000 people booing them there either. You know what I mean? So, uh, <laughs> it's it's one of them. You know what I mean? Like, But the players have got to Again, the players have got to think, well, the fans won't be gone forever. We've got to bring something. I don't see it said We've got to bring something that they've got to come back to. Yeah. Imagine the fans going back first game next season after capacity or whatever. And it's again, it's in an Europa League qualifying round or something. You know what I mean? It's just like it doesn't, it does a disservice to what the players have done for us and what the fans do in that stadium it, it's, on, it's on both ends of the both ends of the scale um, so yeah I, I, like you say though you, you, you're not you're not shocked and I think that's the most shocking thing that's come out of this season but I wasn't surprised even when we got beat by Burnley yeah um, I think the most surprising one was Southampton I think that was the biggest okay like we've dropped drop points against West Brom and Newcastle and then that one, that that one was saw the Southampton one. Was thought kick back on, kick back on, and we didn't. We haven't quite. We've done. We've had some good performances, but a couple of wins spread out. But it speaks volumes that Thiago's played all fifteen games for us. He's only won four. Um, again, it's only a style to win, but it's it's just rough at the minute. So yeah. What's worrying as well is well, it's in a good sense, but also a bad sense. In the top six mini league, we've only lost to City, won all the others. And it's the it's the lower teams that we're crumbling against. Yeah, that's it. Like you know, you look well. You call it the top six. It's not really the top six, is it anymore? Because Arsenal like to finish ninth these days, don't they? Yeah. Um. But yeah, like you, you do look at that and you think 
we've still got to go to Old Trafford in April. Um, but yeah, it's just it's like Liverpool of old. Well, we've seen Liverpool of old. It was only two or three years ago, you know, 17, 18, 16, 17. We couldn't put a goal past. Like, we, we drew one all at home to Burnley. Like, and not long later, we beat Leicester at their gaps. You know what yeah. I mean? And um, in 17, 18, that, that is. And, but I think the home game before we drew one all with Burnley, we beat Arsenal 4 0, you know, something like that. And it was it, it was that back and forth. But we were accustomed to it, so it wasn't quite the same disappointments as it is now. But we what we we have now is that we our, our mentality is accustomed to one of the best teams our dads and granddads have ever seen. Yeah. And now this is happening again. So it's almost like I was saying, someone needs to be it's almost comforting. <laughs> it reminds me it reminds me of growing up just the inconsistency and the frustration and I think that that's just it when you just, this, I was less frustrated after the Everton game when we got beat than when we drew against West Ham away in 18-19 I remember thinking after West Ham away we drew two games and the mouse drew two games that yeah. was it and I was like the title's gone <laughs> and after the Everton game I was like Top four is yeah. gone. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it is the fans that win it. Because when you look back at the start of the when we football resumed again, we had Everton the first game, most boringest nil nil you ever see. The only time we've really played well this season is when we've had a few thousand fans in the ground, isn't it? Like the Tottenham game. Uh, I think the Leicester game we had a few thousand in as well, and then. That's why we were top of Christmas. Like people are thinking, oh, they've only fell off since Christmas. But we've been crap whenever there's been no fans in, really. Yeah, pretty much. Like, cause I think we still had a little bit of an order about Anfield. Like, you go back to last season and be Palace four 0 just before winning the league. And I think that was my first appearance on here actually. Um, and it was like there was still that essence around it. But once people started to click that you haven't got the people on your back, it, it's become very predictable, really, hasn't it? Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, it's it's not no one's not said before, and, you know, rival fans will watch this and go, ah, they're going to excuses and all that. But it is it is important, and I think it says a lot about our attitude in the ground, that um, the players are missing it so much, but I think that the mentality monsters should be able to pull through that. But that's why all the see if you look at the Premier League this year, isn't it got more away wins than home wins for everyone? Like everyone who's going away, obviously they're used to just blocking out the noise where all the home teams are crumbling because they haven't got the fans. Well it's it's the first time in history that's ever happened. Um so it's it's the most banana season that we'll ever see. So maybe this year should really have the asterisk next to it, you know what I mean? Um <laughs> but yeah it's 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 not only that, I think the manifestation, the the loud knobheads, we were talking about this last night a little bit. Um, you know, sometimes fans just have a similar, you know, viewpoint on it all because of our, we've had similar experiences growing up together with it. But there'll be fans from all over the world. They're only supposed to seem to the years and they call it the Klopp's head. And, yeah. And all sorts. But those people, when we were having rough patches on the Klopp, when we were out on the ground, just got shut up because we'd just sing his name. Yeah. And then that'd be it. You know what I mean? And the, but we're not in the in the in the ground with them. And it's it's they must read it. If we can see it, they can see it surely. And I think that must be a factor as well. I think the the social media idiots are louder than ever because there's no one to drown them off. Well, when you, people are saying obviously it's excuses with like all our injuries and stuff, if you look at Manchester City last season, they fall off because they had the 100-point season, then they got 98, was it, when they went toe-to-toe toe with us? And then yeah. they just fell off last season and they were missing Laporte, they were missing De Bruyne for large chunks of the season. And it's no surprise that now this season they're flying again. But Liverpool last season at this point were like, Still would have been twenty points clearer cities where they are now. So even they, they've lost games. Even they haven't been unbelievable. But people mm. are noticing our drop off more. When cities was probably worse when they dropped off last season. Yeah, I think I think overall, I know I know if you look at the stats, we we got ninety nine compared to their hundred points, but we reached bigger heights. There's, there's like we won something like 
after the first 80 games, didn't we win 28? Yeah. And drew one and then lost to, to Watford, something like that. Um, it was just insane. It was... Um, so, I, 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 City fans still... I, I still see City fans talking about that, going, oh, well, we lost support. I was like, well, he's not as good as Van Dijk won. And he's been crying about it all season. This, th- this time last year, he was back in the team for a month. Yeah. But when he came back, they dropped 25 points. So which one is it? Is it like, if he's if he had that much of an impact, which is a bit, which they said for the last 18 months, then surely losing three centre-halves has a similar impact, but they don't want to admit that because you don't give any leeway, do you? Really, let's be honest. If it was the other way around, I'd be going, "That's no excuse." <laughs> it's just, it's just the way footy is, isn't it? You know what I mean? We're all bastards. It's not just centre half, <laughs> though, is it? Because you're losing your midfield. Like we've lost our that midfield, but would never have started this season. It, our strongest midfields for being you know, Henderson, Thiago, probably, and we haven't seen it really. We seen it to start the season, but when you've got Fabinho going in centre back, Henderson going in centre back. Your whole spine of your team's messed up, really, isn't it? Yeah, and and that's where I think the the front three is suffering more than most. But one thing that has become apparent is that um, Salah's still banging in goals, and he's almost become more for the team. With not some passing a bit more, being less greedy, he's managed to score more goals from it. I never thought I'd say this, but I think Bobby's just not quite there anymore. Yeah. And I think he might just be a part because he because of his background being from Brazil and a very cultural and just such a it's such a passionate um, such a passionate nation and that I think a bit a part of it might be that he thrives off the crowds. Maybe his legs are just gone because he's you don't know about four thousand miles <laughs> over the last two seasons. You know what I mean? Um, so it's like I don't know. I think still keep. The, the subjects come up loads. Do they need to get rid of one of the front three? Personally, in an ideal world, not I wouldn't sell any of them. I'd just leave Bobby out for Jota. Yeah. And and make sure he, he maybe gets sixty percent of the game time he's getting now, so he's more effective. A bit like what how we've managed James Milner over the years, but can FSG sit there and look themselves in the mirror and go, We can leave this asset on the bench, let Klopp do that. Gamble on, on a man that we've already invested in Jota, or do we cash in for 80, 90 million for Bobby Firmino as a league and Champions League winner? Someone desperate will want to get him. PSG will buy, buy him for 80 million um, if Mbappe goes, or Barca will get him if, if Messi needs to go. Even Dortmund, um, if Haaland goes, they'll need a, a number nine, won't they? I think he'd be brilliant for Dortmund, actually. I think that's because he's played in Germany before. Right? I didn't yeah. think about that, you know, I've been thinking about shooters for him and that. Um, but yeah, I think I think that would be I think that would be a good good move for him. Maybe bring Harlan the other way. <laughs> Before we go on to that, um, yeah, on the derby game, when Alden got made captain, when Anderson went off, do you think that was a good decision, or do you think it should have maybe went to someone like Salah? Because to me, it screams a little bit like Coutinho when we knew he was going and we were giving him the captain's armband, and it's just like being the captain of this club should be an honour and I'm not saying Gene doesn't see it as an honour but if he's going why aren't we giving it to players who are committed to the club well the players voted on it a few years back didn't they yeah because um, we've always had Henderson and Milner and I think Henderson was out injured and Milner was just about to come back or something like that what might have been the other way around but Klopp put it to the players and said well alright then who's your third and fourth in command I don't think they just voted on who's third in command and Van Dijk won by about that much and Genie was just behind which was a surprise to me because I didn't know he'd be that much of a character in the session but the players speak for themselves don't they um, so I think it just comes back to that I think he's also been here he's been here longer than Salah yeah. you know what I mean and then it's, it's put in a good five years now at the club and it, it just feels like it's gone so quick but um, I don't know it, it, it's well documented that there's that four core four captains if you like and when you're the only one left on the pitch and you are the fourth captain um, it does it does speak a lot about you know the leadership in, in the dressing room like you know if we've lost that leadership who's stepping up um, and I think when Fabinho comes back I think he'll be more vocal than ever to be honest I was thinking about who's ready to do that in the squad without Henderson Milner or Van Dijk and I think when Fabinho I think the adversity he's come up against this season, playing centre half, is 
he's been one of the best centre backs in the league. And I'm not I'm not taking the piss when I say that, he's been one of the best centre halves in the league. So him excelling like that, I think he might be ready for that step up. I think you you have got a case for, for playing to give him the the armband to Salah or whatever, but I don't think he's I don't think he's that kind of player and you know there was that whole situation with, with Mitchelland, wasn't it? Where you know apparently he had a huff on, and yeah. I think that was just silly season because it was just before January. Um, Even Robertson, though, he's captain of Scotland, isn't he? and he's he's dead vocal when you listen to it. Even more so now, when obviously there's no fans in the ground, you can just hear him screaming across the pitch. I think so we, yeah. I think as a captain, you need someone like that. You need someone like like Jamie Carragher. I know Gerard weren't vocal, but he had Carragher behind him. So where Henderson's quite vocal or Van Dijk quite vocal, I think Liverpool at the minute need that vocal captain. And for me, it'd be Robertson all day. Yeah, probably. Yeah, he's he's. We all love Robbo because even without the, the fans in the ground, he does them fifty yard runs, pressing everything down. And, and, and go back to the derby the other day. I think Robbo and Trent were like two dimly shining lights. In, in what was a pretty poor performance overall, I think they, I think they found their mojo and realised their own importance a bit more than gone. If we can kick on, if we can just keep doing our thing, chances will come eventually. Um, yeah, leadership wise, I think Robbo's a shout. I think Fabinho obviously a shout. I think Thiago's probably. I think Thiago's quite vocal on the pitch. He's a bit of a. He's, I didn't want. I didn't expect this because you know you think Spanish culture midfield. You think Xavi and Iniesta. But he's a bit of a bastard, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> I like that. You know. Yeah. I like that. I like that he's just stuck in and he's like in people's faces and him. There's a bit of needle to him and end. obviously it's sorted five minutes later. And the Daily Mail and those who shall not be named have already written a headline about it, but they've already sorted it. It's just a bit of what are you, you know what I mean? Yeah. Decay. Um. But yeah, I think the fact that we have to sit here and say use our next three leaders <laughs> just speaks volumes because it's not a conversation that happened this time last year, is it? It's sad. Looking ahead then to sell like, players going and stuff. Obviously, Genie's apparently it's come out all today that Genie wants to stay. But if he does go, do you think we're going to dip into the market for someone, or do you think there's a replacement in the club for him? I think with fully fit back four, we don't need to. I don't think we need to get rid. I think we've been priming Curtis Jones for that midfield role anyway. And I think in Klopp's head, he's gone. At the time we brought Jones through, Genius starts his last 18 months. Henderson and Milner aren't getting any younger. I think Thiago is more the like-for-like like Lallana replacement. Not like-for-like because like he's better than Lallana, but that kind of creative, that little sneaky ball, the footwork... I think he saw Curtis Jones' energy and thought, well, he can replace whoever's the next to go, whether Henderson drops off or Genie leaves. I think I do. Th- I think it might depend on whether we finish in the top four. Actually, I think it might depend. Or if we win the Champions League, if we've got Champions League football next year, they might go and get him Milinkovic Savic from um, from Lazio or, or someone along that line. We'll never go and get Frankie Young or who else is like that. Them names, you know, or Ferrati. We'll never be able to get someone like that because they still won't. They won't dip that much into into the into the pool. Like, um, I've had a little theory on FSG for a while. I know some people have sounded dead spoiled on the FSG out train and stuff like that. But um, they're the perfect owners for somebody who wants to be one of the biggest clubs in the world, but they're not if you already are. Yeah, you know what I mean. And they got us back to that. We weren't the biggest club in the world. We were on our knees. We were in financial ruin. We were a fallen giant. Bit like AC Milan a couple of years ago. And they brought us up to that level. But they can't. They, I don't think they can sustain it because I'm pretty sure Boston Red Sox won the World Series a few years back and haven't won it since. Yeah. And, and I think it's 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 a similar pattern. I think they, I think they've seen Liverpool as a, as a project. Anyway, they could sell us for the, over a billion dollars if they wanted to. to some random oil company, and you know, is the, the, the slightly off topic, but to go on to the ethics of that, it's just it's mad and all. But when it comes down to replacements, it's really you can never tell, and they're putting so much emphasis on the fact that we have lost nearly 100 million pounds here because we're not having fans in the stadium. Yeah, and personally, in the, in the past, I've underestimated that myself. 
Um, I haven't thought about that as much, but when you realise it's something like three or four mil on match day, just in tickets, and then you think, well, how many hot dogs and burgers and whatever are getting sold? It, it, it adds up. So uh, I don't personally see them dipping in for that. I think if Genie goes and we sell one the front three, we probably get a, foot, a world-class forward and do with what midfielders we've got. Do you think that's why um, they've been trying to sell us a part of us then? Because there was that Bill Bear with the uh, money ball. Do you think that that's probably asked the reason FSG are doing it to generate more money for Liverpool? Or do you think that they could potentially even just sell us? If we get Champions League football this year, it's going to be a massive achievement. Do you think they could maybe sell us in the summer? Um, if the, I think they probably, if we got Champions League this year, that if they were going to sell up, I think they'd probably see the summer through and protect the assets, and then announce it when the window's done, and say, by next season, there'll be new owners in, so everything's in place, because there's a lot of, you know, there's a a lot of paperwork, and a lot of organisation to go into passing it over, who's going to reprise the roles, who's going to, you know, be let go, and all that like. Um, I do think that's the end game, though. I do think they want to sell up at some point, surely, because they're not young men anymore, either, are they? You know what I mean? Like, at some point, they're gonna go. You know, uh, is this? Is, is do I want to? You know, take half a billion on each on top of our already massive wealth and just live live out the, the rest of the you know ten fifteen years they got left in in luxury. You know what I mean? Not that they're not gonna do that anyway, but I don't think they see this. It's a sort of passion project because they love Boston Red Sox, and if they're falling off a cliff, not falling off a cliff, but if they're falling away a little bit after winning the World Series, then how can you sustain this club? And I'm, I, I'm not saying I'm not thankful for what they've done, because I, I absolutely am. The, the, you know, we've won trophies under them now, they've, they invested when we needed to at Van Dijk, but they only invested in that because they wanted to become... The best. One of the best, yeah. But the, my only frustration with FSG is, I mean, I... I'm not one of the FSG out brigade uh, in a sense of I like the fact like they've they've given us the, the main stand they're probably going to extend the Annie Road that's all in place mm-hmm. even if they did sell us the likes of Van Dyke and Allison and Brink and Kloppin I, I thank them for all that but my biggest frustration is Liverpool would have been the most dominant in the market when we've just won a Champions League we didn't really go and buy anyone massive and when we've just won the league we didn't we went and got Thiago and Jota like, but we didn't go and get like a world superstar, someone like Mbappe or someone like Haaland and now this season we could potentially end the season not in the Champions League and then who's going to want to come to us? Yeah, so it's a point that because nothing about Thiago or Jota screams marquee, does it? No. Um, the last time we were all properly like what over a certain number was Van Dijk, wasn't it? And that's, you're coming up to three and a half years ago now. Well, just over three. Um but yeah, I think I think you're right there. I think you know we we did have a, we had a, a we had building blocks to go push on from, and the uh, it it comes back to the fact that they run they're running a proper financial model. Let's get that right. You know, we spent a lot of money on Van Dyke, Kate Fabinho, you know, a bit on Shakiri, but none of them were up from fees because um, Michael Edwards is really good at his job. Okay. So what he does, he goes always oh, twenty million each. If he does this, you get this much. If he does this, you get this much. But he guaranteed 50 at the end of it anyway. But you just might get 70 if we win all this. So it's like, it's 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 one of them, in it? It's just plucking numbers out the air there, by the way. But you get you get the point, don't you? Um, so it's like, we invested so much that we still owe money. And Klopp understood that as well at the time. But I think this January, Klopp looked... At the end of his tether, a little bit. Yeah. And I, I've, I haven't seen him like that with the owners before. It, it, it's got tiny elements of Rafa Hicks Gillette in the end of that. Um, but I don't think it'll ever, it'll ever result in that because Michael Edwards is far too good at his job to, to be able to. You know what I mean? He'll find someone somewhere. He'll probably get Mbappe for five million. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Nah, it's, it's, it's one of them in it. You know what I mean? Like. We all know the system; it works to a point, and did the clubs in a financially healthy place? But you know, if there's fans allowed in the, in the gaff and all that, laugh. But 
Um, they've done wonders with the Nike deal as well. Let's be yeah. honest, ten percent of everything going to the club, nothing's ever. We've never had a deal like that in anything. No in one any, has in any football. First you know club, what I mean? First so, club to to have a deal like that, isn't it? Where to get them ten percent of everything. But yeah, like I, I think I don't think any anyone's got anything like that, is it? Like no. to to be able to for both parties to to sit there and go, this is a thing. Like. Um, Nice being sure that they're going to make so much money that they can just give ten percent of it away. And Liverpool having the big brass balls to go. Well, if you're going to sell that much, we want ten percent of it because it could easily be twenty, thirty million on top of what you give us. It's crazy numbers. With FSG, though, when they come in, they did actually say it was always a project for them. Um, so I do think they will sell in a, in a few years. Um, but people have already quickly ruled out Haaland and Mbappe to Liverpool. Now, FSG's model's always been to buy young in case they do sell them. They can sell them for a profit. So thinking of that, do you think Haaland or Mbappe is doable? Well, yeah, in a way, because aren't both their, um, aren't both their contracts running down soon anyway? Yeah, well, Haaland's, a got, a, away, yeah, Haaland's got a €75 million Euro release clause next year. Start um, off 60 mil. Yeah, and then Mbappe's up next year, I think. Well, yeah, it's, it's it's it depends, don't it? Because you think, well, you could get a cut price for Mbappe, but PSG they don't need the money, so they could just say, well, if he wants to leave, he can go on a free, and Real Madrid can just give him one hundred and fifty million. You know what I mean? Because he could demand that. He could just as a sign-on fee get at, he could just race it in and, and box himself off. Um. I think we're more likely to sign like Arena from from Dortmund rather than um, rather than Haaland. You know what I mean? I think we're more likely to get one of them players, and people won't be happy at the time, but they'll turn out to be world beaters because as long as we've got Jurgen Klopp at the helm, there'll always be world class players being produced at the club. It's like Jota, innit? I I'll my hands up and say when we when we bought him, I was like, what forty million for him? I don't even think he's that good, and then he just shuts everyone up any this season. What I liked about him was that he has a European hat-trick in him. And he scored something like three Europa League hat-tricks for Wolves. I think one was against like Espanyol or Getafe or something like that. And I thought, he'll be good. Bring them on in Europe, he'll be brilliant. So then he scored a hat-trick against Atalanta. And I was like, OK, I didn't think he'd be that good. But, you know, <laughs> do what you got to do, lad. <laughs> We've missed him as well, haven't we, this season? I think if he wasn't... If, we, if Klopp didn't make the stupid mistake of playing him in that Michelin game... I think don't think we've been in the position we was we're in this season. Uh, that, I don't like to doubt Jürgen that much, but that was that was, like you say that was a bit of a blunder that one. Um, he, we were top of the league when he got injured. Yeah. By some way, I think it was about three or four points. We were clear at the top Six of the, Christmas. Lot of the next game. Six points clear. We was at Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was was the past game just before Crimbo. Yeah. Yeah, it was. And then on my birthday on the twenty seventh, we played. Um, it was West Brom, and that's when it slowly fizzled, didn't it? But um, we have missed him. He's a he's a massive massive miss. I think he. You know what? I think he, he becomes world class in the next couple of years. You know, I think it, it. Maybe what he does over the next couple of years determines what next from three member goes away. Whether he wants to play that case of Bobby Roll or whether he looks at that left wing and goes, I want to cut in and score all the goals. If he scores 15 goals, come off the bench, and Marley gets less than that starting. They're going to end up swapping. There's the decision made. You know what I mean? Well, Mbappe's apparently come out this week and said that if he leaves, he only wants to play left wing. Doesn't want to play right wing, doesn't want to play down the middle. But all I keep thinking about Mbappe is he's a Nike athlete. And Nike will mm. sell more shirts with Mbappe on than at Liverpool than he will at PSG. So it's not it's been done before, didn't Cristiano Ronaldo get funded to go to was it Real Madrid or someone by Adidas or something like that? Well, he's a Nike athlete himself, um, Ronaldo. So, um, or is it United he went to and they give money? It does definitely happened in the past where players being funded by the shirt manufacturer, mm. like, even if, if it's his wages or. It might have even been bailed to Real Madrid because he, he's he's Adidas and they're Adidas, aren't they? And like, if, if, if we were Nike and Adidas because they don't want to step on each other's toes, really, do they? Like, I feel like Adidas would have gone for us if Man United had Puma. But yeah. because they had Adidas, they just didn't. 
even though we've got a long history with them, they could have made all, all sorts of money on classic kits. They just don't go there. Yeah. If a rival, a massive rival's got the other one's kit, they won't. They just won't go there. Same with Barca and, and Madrid. When was the last time you seen Barcelona had Adidas kits way, way, way back? But they just haven't since. So I think. I know what you're saying. I can't, I can't remember who it was, but it might have been Ronaldo to, to Real Madrid, uh, to to Man United. But um, I'm not sure he had a big deal back then. Anyway, because he was 18, really. But yes, I think if I mean, I wouldn't mind Nike doing it. If Nike just went, look, we're going to front 120 million. You you find 15 add-ons to bring who looks like he's the heir apparent. To he almost looks a bit like. Cristiano Ronaldo and original Ronaldo moulded into one. The man yeah. is just a machine. He scored past us when he was about twelve. Um, it's 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 you know if they did, I'd be made up. I would feel a bit weird. Don't care. To be honest with you, um, if you go and do what you got to do to get the best players in the world at the club and and say Sadio just got, you'll get another big move. Man, you'll probably might go the other way. Yeah, again, I was talking with Bobby earlier. Going to PSG or Dortmund, he might just go the other way. Well, with Mbappe, I don't think with Real Madrid, the skins at the minute, um, and Barcelona mm. are on the verge of liquidation as well, aren't they? But all I keep thinking is what Nike will not want Mbappe playing in an Adidas kit. He's like their post, he's like the LeBron James of football for Nike, isn't he? And if he goes to Real Madrid, he's going to be plastered around in an Adidas branded kit, and I just don't think Nike would want that. Well, if you, if you look at, um, the amount of clubs out there that can actually feasibly afford them. Talk Bayern, Liverpool, City, United, PSG. Let's talk Real Madrid and Barca, for example. And when you say Barcelona in liquidation, so let's move them to the side. There's two nightclubs there, and one of them he's already playing for. You know what I mean? We, we, we've joked Mbappe 2020, Mbappe 2021. Might be, it might just be a thing that you, you, you never know. I'd love it to be, but again, I won't be exactly gutted if he doesn't because it's, it's a, a bit fantasy, of a pipe team. Yeah. We're all admitting it to ourselves. It's a bit of a pipe team, isn't it? I think the one who's most realistic would be Haaland, would maybe Bobby going the other way. Um, I mean, it's a good chance he could end up going to United because of the Ollie link, but I think out the two of them, I think I prefer Haaland, you know. Because his height on the end, the Trent and Robbo's balls would be unbelievable. He's unbelievable on the ball himself. He was banging all the goals in for Salzburg and everyone said, can he do it on the world stage? Goes to Dortmund and does it there. I think he's scored more Champions League goals than most players now. He scored like 23 goals in 18 games ever in the Champions League. He's just... He, him and Mbappe are going to be the next Messi and Ronaldo in my eyes in terms of like Ballon d'Ors every other year, but... He's, if you can get him for seventy million, it's a no-brainer. And if he's what twenty-one, and he, you could, with FSG policy, you can sell him on. I think he's younger than Mbappe, and Mbappe's not long term twenty-two. So I think he might, he might even still be twenty. You know, um, I personally, I always, I always lean towards Mbappe, but it, 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 this might just be one of them age-old debates that we're not used to yet. Like yeah. Messi, Ronaldo, we're almost bored of that conversation, aren't we? But it just depends on what mood you wake up in that day sometimes or what do you like in a player. And I think that'll just go on with them too. I'm sure if we get Haaland, there'll be people crying saying we should have got Mbappe and vice versa. If we can get either of them, it'll be a big statement. I don't think we'll end up with either of them, no, personally. And if we do, I'll be happy to be proven wrong. Um, but I do think we're more likely to get Arena from like from Dortmund, like I say. Um, he's a... He's a I think he's a nice athlete himself as well, especially with the American model. Isn't he American as well? I think that's why we looked at Pulisic. There's also another um, one, that Rodrigo De Paul, isn't there? I can't think where he plays. We've been looking at him. Um, he plays in some mad league. Um, and then also there's Dacher, Patson Dacher from Salzburg, the one who's banged us in the preseason. Yeah, well, there's there's another um, there's another Rodrigo playing for Real Madrid. Um, they've just said, oh yeah, because that like you're talking about their financial situation, they've just said, yeah, um, we will let him go, even though he, he looks like he could be amazing. We've kind of got to, because they, they won't, for whatever reason, they won't trust him over Benzema. He was about 300 years old. Um, so, I think his release was for 50 million euros, and I think he was kind of getting looked at last summer. So, that oh, that might be another reform. He's Brazilian as well. So, yeah. 
do Bobby, Alisson and Fabinho have a, have a, a little influence on that? We'll, we'll wait to see, won't we? Or even Vinicius Junior. I'm sure I've seen that they'll let him go as well. And he does look like he's going to be world class. Oh, yeah. They, they've got some proper raw talent there. I think um, the fact that they're looking at getting rid of these young lads and keeping Ed and Hazard and... Benzema and he's still got Bale on the books somewhere they can't be, Tottenham can't have been all those wages and they're trying to get rid of Rodrigo and Vinicius and players like that and I think, I think um, the only player they've actually let drop off the squad is Modric he hasn't really played that much I think that uh, it's a, that's a disaster waiting to happen at Real Madrid and long may continue really let's be honest but um, they're doing what Barcelona have done and they've watched Barcelona do it and, doing it and just copied it and it's just the worst thing he could have done because they they they're, they got they've been held by the balls by Messi now. They let Suarez go; it was world class still. Mad for two million. <laughs> <laughs> it's just like what he's doing. Like between the two of them, they, they won sort of like six European Cups on the bounce from 2014 to 2018, something like that. Well, the thing last you... time Barcelona done that was when they got let David Villa go to Atletico Madrid, and then Atletico Madrid won the league the last the following year, and it's looking like it's going to happen again. It's probably yeah. I mean, Atletico dropped off somewhat, but. In the last couple of weeks, they got draws against teams they shouldn't have, but they still have games in hand, and if they can win that, you think they're about five, six points clear, aren't they? So it does look like history might repeat itself there. But if history does repeat itself, then it means Real Madrid will win the Champions League this year. And I don't see that happening, to be honest, because um, they obviously played in the midweek, was Atalanta. Yeah. Yeah, they didn't. They looked all right, but they didn't look Real Madrid. It to like the 88th minute, I think, to score a goal. That was it. It was a very late winner. They'll go through. Um, unless they do what they did against Ajax the other year they beat them in Amsterdam and that was it we've won this you know what I mean so um, it's it's, I'll never understand either of those clubs for the rest of my days they're both just mad I think I'm more I think I can relate more to Man United to be honest with you than either of them because they're just bonkers aren't they while Barca are in financial distress do I look at some of their kids like Ansu Fati or Pedri or uh, people like that, like they, they need to sell players, and it, even if they get rid of Messi, they're still they're nearly a billion pound in debt, aren't they? Because they've had this TV money's gone from Spain now. They've obviously had no tourists in the ground for nearly a year. They're they're on the verge of like really going kaput, really. And I think that's why Kuman still got his job because they can't afford to sack another manager. Ronald <laughs> Kuman's in charge. He wasn't good enough for the Ev, like you know what I mean. And to be fair to Everton, they've gone and got a, a world class manager in Ancelotti. But like the fact that Ancelotti is at Everton and Ronald Koeman and essentially Real Madrid's Castilla B-side manager are still in charge. I know he's landed bits in the Champions League, but he's not a he's not a world class manager by any means. You know what I mean? It's um, yeah, it's just a bit crazy at the minute. Isn't it? Football is just a bit upside down, and Real Madrid have, have uh, Atletico Madrid have. Um, with the rewards of actually keeping Diego Simeone in a job and, and, and trusting the man to do what he to do what he does, he's the only probably the only world class manager in Spain. Yeah, hands down. Do you think we can win the Champions League this year? Then speaking of other European clubs like Van Dijk, people are saying he's out for the season, but why would we include him in the Champions League squad? Um, it's one of them. We included Ox in the squad, and he he got about twenty minutes, didn't he? Um, I think it was, I don't know. In fact, no, I don't think he played, but he was in the squads against, he was like on the bench for the final in 2019 or something like that. And he had, had that injury all, all year as well. Um, Van Dijk's on the grass Dijk's before anyone, isn't he? Yeah, he's, he's training. I mean, he's not contact training yet, but he's training on the grass at, at Kirby and he's, he only got injured about five months ago. It's, it's just crazy. But if he's back for the business end of the Champions League, like if we get, get through this game against Leipzig, which I think we probably will, um, and then, He's he's back for like that business end of the season. Why not? I think we can win it if he if he does, or if we get Davis playing with Kabak. One of those two things has to happen. If neither of those things happen, dare I say it, Man City will win it. You think? Yeah. They look like the only team in Europe who've got a spine at the minute because Bayern have been shaky, but no one. In Germany, can, can 
amount of title challenges against them for some reason. Like, they should be smelling bloody here because Bayern haven't been the best this season. He dropped off a little bit after the treble. A bit like what they did in 2014 after winning the treble in 2013. I know it smelled blood there either. PSG look disjointed at times. Sometimes look at the team and haven't heard of half the players. And I know that doesn't mean much, but... And why is he keen? Gets a game for them. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? Like, and Neymar's, you know, it was his sister's birthday the other day, so he'll be out for another month while he's doing what, he's doing what he does with her. So, um, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's just the world of football. I think if you put a, if you told me Atalanta would go on to win, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. And he just got beat by Real Madrid, so um, I think we can win it, but I'm not holding my breath, but I've, I've got hope. I think it's our so, best chance of getting Champions League football again next year, though, is winning it this year. Yeah, without a doubt. I think, I think Klopp might have a... It's just come over me now. I haven't thought about this in depth. People might be able to prove me wrong. But um, it looks as if he's got a Champions League model and a Premier League model because of the way we went after Leipzig. It was the best performance I've seen all season. Yeah, probably. I think since... Yeah, maybe Tottenham the first time round was up there, but... I think this is a, it's an absolute shout to, to say that because Leipzig are a good side. Let's be honest, they, they, they did Man United over. Um, they, they, they ran toe-to-toe in that group. Yeah. You know what I mean? They, 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 they were no pushovers, apart from when they got mulled by, by United at home. But like, they've still been a good side, but they've always had that getting battered in them. Um, and I was fearful. So bits of, he's a class act, you know what I mean? Um so yeah, like the way we the way we turned them over with not like with no confidence before the game and stuff like that did surprise me. But I was like, there could be something in this. Maybe he's just reserving the squad. Maybe it's a it's a um, a fifteen sixteen style. Let's just do whatever we can put whatever we can on the pitch in the league and go for the go for the Europe, the European place. I think we'll still get top four. Like West Ham's next run of nine games is horrendous. Every time Everton's had a chance to go above us this season. Since they won the league in in the start after two games, um, they haven't. Yeah, been but able you're to... about to drop off after you win the league, though, aren't you? Like, yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> but they, they haven't been able to go above us. So I do think maybe this game on the weekend um, kicks us on because it's in my eyes it's three points in it. Sheffield United bottom of the league. Surely it's got to be three points. <laughs> Surely it has, yeah. But um, it's just got Ryan Brewster ninety first minute winning written all over it, hasn't it? Oh, that's that bad, you know. <laughs> it stinks of like you know. Again, we I think we barely strung a point together against the bottom sides, haven't we? Um, so it's it's. I haven't even thought about it that much. I really haven't. Um, it's gonna it's gonna have Chris Wilder parking that bus as firmly as he can. The back five with like Egan and Fleck and Lundstrom and Sanderberger will be in there somewhere. Just physicality, hard work, and they're not a they're not a terrible side. They're just championship level players, really, aren't they? But with a little bit of quality sprinkled in there, but they all try hard. Um, I predict the Liverpool win. Like you know what I mean? I, I never, even after this run, I've never predicted us to get beat. Um, but I think it'll be tight. I think it'll be a tough one. I think if it's not tight, we do just go on and rinse them. I think we're due to do that to someone. But we kind of rinsed West Ham yeah. and Tottenham and it didn't really do much afterwards. You know what I mean? So we'll wait and see. I think the, 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 it depends who starts as well. Like, we don't even know who's fit and available for this game. And If we don't know, I'm sure Klopp doesn't know either. I think it's the perfect game to start Ben Davies though. I think out of all the if we got Chelsea on Thursday after this, I don't think Ben Davies could start against Chelsea. Um, but against Sheffield United, I think it's the perfect game to let him and Kabak have a go. Ben Davies is can distribute the ball. Kabak's good at aerial duels. Ben Davies is good at aerial duels. And I think against a team like Sheffield United, you need people who are good in the air because they're a quite physical side. They'll they'll have to try and win the balls, knock them down to Brewster running on them. Um, so I think it's the perfect game to start them two in. And if them two start, then you know Fabinho's he's probably going to be back. So he's then going to be in the holding role to give them that extra bit of cover. 
which then allows the front to go more attacking. And I, I can't see anything other than Jota starting because he's been in training since Tuesday. Klopp likes usually three days of contact training before he starts them. He would have had six. Oh. Yeah, hundred percent. Like when you talk about Davies, it's like um, if he do, if he doesn't, like you say, if he doesn't start there, he can't start against Chelsea, and all of a sudden you've only got eleven games left. And when he bed in a minute, it probably takes two or three to be bedded in. So what's the point in even signing the lad if you wait on for a minute? I think the plan was to put him in earlier, to be honest. But he, he had that little niggling injury, didn't he? Um, you know, to add to the centre half initially list. You know, <laughs> it's just the just the culture of the club. You've you've got to you've got to make yourself fit in somewhere. And he's looked at he's looked at Van Dijk and he's looked at Gomez and massive and thought, I want a bit of that. Uh, I'll get I'll get injured for a bit. Um, <laughs> so yeah, it's, he's got to come in today. He's got. To, I, I don't care if he if even if his first half is against Chelsea. I'm at that point now where I'm just like, just put him in. I don't yeah. care when it is. Just start the lad and see what he can do. Trust the man. Put your arm around him. Go look. I trust you. Go and do what you got to do. Loads of people are doubting you. You played for Preston. No one thinks you can do it. Go and prove them wrong, lads. You've got a decent young centre half next year. You're his leader now. Be his leader. Go and play the football. You got Andy Robertson next year. Trent Alexander Arnold. He's a Champions League and league winners. Go and show them what you can do. Go and show your your teammates what you can do. It's the don't and if he's too cautious, we might just ne- not finish in the top four and not build enough momentum to win the Champions League. This is this is crunch time now. This is go and put them, go like I say, go and put your balls to the wall, go and put all the all pinpoint everything into attack because we haven't we've signed to a, a Championship defender and a, reg, a, a defender who was about to get relegated in Germany. It's just go, just go and play the system. And if they fall short, the two lads pick them back up. Yeah, you know what I mean. They're not here forever. We don't have to go and spend seventy million on a centre half in the summer. We've got our seventy million pounds centre half. Well, for Ranzo, you for free. Get him. <laughs> well, you know, if we're if we're putting wishes on anything, like you know what I mean, I wouldn't mind. <laughs> but yeah, you know what I mean. Just, just go and do it. it just that, that's been my thing for a little while now. Just go and do it, and and whether you know it, it could come down to the, what's going on in Klopp's head, like the man's grieving, and to, to to come on to it in a way, you know, just just what's happened with Allison this week as well, and um, they both haven't been able to go. Well, that's it. Like it's it's you can't even imagine that the situation either have been placed in, but in a weird way, they might find the comfort in each other. In a sense, you know what I mean? It might be a... Klopp's already gone through that, in a way, and he's had some time to reflect and, and to, you know, have a little think about it and get a grasp on how he's feeling. He might just be the perfect man to be around Alisson right now, and he might, he might just strengthen the bonds of them and therefore the squad, but um, it might also have the opposite effect on the lads, and he might just need to not play for a bit, you know what I mean? He knows it's so sudden and it was in his holiday home, so you can only assume Alison was played a part in buying him the holiday home because of his money and all that and God knows what's going on in his head. It's so so tragic for the lads. His, his wife seven months pregnant as well, isn't he? So then he's probably thinking of that like me me next kid's not gonna see his granddad and like again not going home for the funeral. I think Liverpool said he could have went, but then if he came back he would have had to isolate and then if his wife goes into labour, he can't go into labour because he's in isolation. Yeah. And I seen sort of that there's a gap in the schedule, isn't there, in a few weeks where I think there was meant to be an international break. I think he was gonna go home then, but I can't even begin to imagine losing my parents and not being able to go to the funeral like that and then be expected to play a game of football. It's just you couldn't do it, could you? I um I was talking to a mate about it just just straight after I found out yesterday and um I got thing called rough and he went I don't even think that sums it up I don't think that he said I don't think there's a way you can sum up what that lad's feeling I don't even think he can and um I think if he was still at the top of his he's not he's not not at the top of his game but he's had the odd blunder hasn't he yeah. you know what I mean in in the recent weeks so going from that. Again, it could it could build on from it. 
but he could collapse. And I think the only person who can answer the question of whether he's starting this weekend is Alison Becker. Yeah. Um, Klopp will put it to him because Klopp couldn't look him in the eye and say, I'm not going to start you after he carries on yeah. through it all. So, like, if you're leading by example, it might feel like it's slightly hypocritical. I'd feel like it would be. Um, so, Klopp's kind of, even if he wants to take him out, he might be he might have tired his own hands yet by by doing what he's done and being strong and what he's done. Um, I said myself, Klopp shouldn't have been there yeah, for a couple have. of weeks. Go, get pipelines in there. Just get Klopp at home with his missus and just chill out for a bit. Just have a little reflect, but... It's such a it's, it's such an insane thing to be thinking about. Like we're sat here talking about two of our more, most important figures in the squad losing two of the closest people ever. Formative, formative people in their lives, you know. Um, Klopp is, is the youngest of three kids. I think he said so. Either bit, mum would have been a big part of him. Alison being a lad and being close to his dad and whatever. All that happening in these circumstances, not being able to to see them and stuff like that I think just adds to the fact that this is the most insane period of my life as a Liverpool fan and it'll never stop surprising me really because just when you think you've seen it all like two players go through something like that and you'd end up taking you end up stop caring as much for the how the club perform and the team perform in a way because you're like are they alright though you know what I mean? As long as they're all right mentally, I'm not really that bad. What happened was kind of thing, and it's like brings that human element back to it, doesn't it? So speaking of that, then uh, who do you think starts on Sunday? Um, either I think or with a rather is it? Is it? What do you think the the starting lineup is on your score prediction? I think yeah. I think he does go Kabak Davis. I think he has to because I don't think Fabinho's quite ready yet. Um, if Fabinho is ready, he plays him in centre half. Obviously, I, I do think he'll play Alisson. I think Trent and Robbo, obviously. Um, I think he's probably got no choice but to play Thiago, Wijnaldum, Jones. And as you say, I think he does bring Jotter in as well, but I think who does he bring him in for? Because I think Salah starts. I think it'll probably be Jota on the left, wouldn't it? Um, Salah down the, on the right and Manny maybe down the middle. Or Manny um, on the right. Manny likes a little right wing. Maybe we just need to do that. I, I think that's a shout. I think that'll, that'll be it, to be honest. I think Salah down the middle, Manny on the right and Jota on the left. Not only does it bring in a fresh player, gives them two lads a fresh perspective from where they're playing on the pitch. Play, places where they play before. Marnie started as creative Liverpool on the right wing and was brilliant. You know what I mean? He's been brilliant for years. Um, Salah did, at that period in 18 and 19 where he played up front for a bit, didn't he? Because he was struggling on the wing a bit. They, they yeah. were double teaming him. So Marnie went on the right and we had uh, Bobby on the left almost and Shaqiri behind and they were just rotating it while Salah stuck there. So maybe it just does need that little change up. Um, Creativity-wise... I think Jota and, and Robbo got a decent little rapport there as well. And I think, you know, I think Sheffield United could suffer for that. Um, but I think on the flip side, if you put Marnie on the right-hand side, I think Trent doesn't... He doesn't have the same... He doesn't have the same connection with Marnie because when Marnie was on that right-hand side, and Nathaniel Klein on the side. So, um, I think you're right. I think that's probably... I think that's the side it probably does. Uh, it's probably not what I'd do. I'd probably just, I think I'd go like for like and play Jota in, in the nine and bring Bobby out. But um, I think it, it could, the, the, that front three, I think that in that position it could, it could open up. There's even a case for, for dropping Mane, isn't there really? Because he, he hasn't been that good in recent weeks. Yeah, but if you drop Mane and Firmino does what he, he's done over the last couple of weeks... Disastrous, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's like Marnie's even when he's shit, he has that Bad. burst and he has this and he, when Bobby's lost it, this touch is gone. He can't hit the he can't hit a band or he you know what I mean? When Bobby's gone, he's gone. When when Marnie's gone, he can still score. 
Yeah. And when Salah is, and when Salah's gone, he does score. So like, is it? It's unfair on Bobby because he's probably the best footballer out of the three of them. But when he's, he, he he relies on form more than anyone because he's not a finisher. Yeah. The only other thing I'd say might happen is I don't think he'll start Davies. I think it'll probably be Nat Phillips and Kabach. Forgot about Phillips, to be honest. Um, I don't think he was that bad. I think he's Everton, to be fair. I don't um, think he's been bad all year, has he? People just don't no. want him to play, but I can't think of a bad performance he's had. And when he does play, when he comes in the derby, he was solid. He's been shaky at times, like um, when we've played the high line, and I think that's where it comes in. The, if if my theory is right and Klopp does do the Al just just cope in the league, let's not go for this. Probably does play Phillips and play ten yards deeper. But if if he wants to build the momentum, like I think he should, then you've got to play Davis. And I think Phillips is a decent backup. Let's be honest, he's yeah. he's, a, he's he's not a bad lad. You know what I mean? He's good at what he does. Same with Reese Williams. You know he's he's very very young, but. Um, there's still opportunities there for him one day to, to kick on. I think he, he runs like he's got a parachute on his back sometimes. But, um, you know, if, if he builds his muscle mass, you know, his, his first burst, his first couple of yards could just become that little bit quicker. Who knows? Um, but, yeah, I think, I think I wouldn't be disappointed with Phillips, but proper one I do just want Davis in there at this point you know what I mean when I was speaking to a few Preston fans when he started he said he's probably the best defender they've seen in the championship for a few years he's meant to be like really good whether he's that good in the Prem but his ball distribution when you look at stats he can distribute the ball like Van Dijk can probably not to the level of Van Dijk but he can ping mm. it 40 yards across the pitch which I think we've missed more than ever this season it only takes one of them early on and Salah chests it and goes and all of a sudden everyone's won you know what I mean he can he can stumble and can see the goal at some point because his composure isn't quite there or he's nervous or whatever but the, you, you point back to them the way he pings that over and over it, it'll build his, his own momentum as well yeah. and it'll build his own confidence if he does just try one if he tries one and, goes, and Klopp ends up catching it you've got a different story on your hands I think but like I say, I think, you know, the, the, the lads' distribution, that was the one thing that people were talking about. He's not the biggest, is he? No. Um, he's, he looks quite a slight lad, quite but athletic at the same time. Um. So, yeah, I think, to repeat myself, I think you've just got to play them. I think you've just got to play them together. Because if they don't play a game together at, at centre-half this year... What was the point? If I had a left and right side of centre-half? <laughs> exactly. It's like... It's, it was like we bought them to play together and spent like a couple of pack, you know, couple of Freddos on them <laughs> and borrowed one of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, yeah, I think we have to. Yeah, we just have to. I, I don't, I'm trying to convince myself that there's other options, but um, I can't see any other at the minute. I'll let you say with Matt Phillips, but then we played so, so deep and I just don't want to see that. So, yeah. Before we go, then, what's your score prediction for Sunday? 3-0. Old. Like, I no reckon... Shame well. No shame, 3-0. Uh, um, no. <laughs> yeah, 3-0. Okay. I'll go 3-0. The Reds. I reckon Salah will get two. And uh, Thiago gets his first goal. I think it's going to be like a Palace game, like a 7-0, you know. 7-0? I honestly do. I think someone is deserving of an absolute thrashing from Liverpool. Um, yeah. and for me I think someone should go in that, that dressing room and just say do it for the fans do it for Jürgen and do it for Alisson and do it for the fact that um, Chris Wilder voted against the 7-5 subs yeah it's got just going absolutely battered them and I think Joss is going to come in and just revolutionise the front three again um, if he starts I think we batter them but I'd, I'd, I think I'd like to see the Ox start as well, to be honest. I think he'd be a good asset in the midfield in this game, but I just think we're going to bat. I can't see anything other than battering them, considering how bad they've been this season and how awful their keeper is. The fact he spent £20 million on Aaron Ramsdale, who conceded like 90 goals for Bournemouth last year. I just can't see anything other than us absolutely fucking them. Did they concede 90 goals last Something year? Something stupid like that, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then they went and bought them for 20 mil. But they wouldn't pay... They wouldn't pay. 
think it was 40 mil for Dean Henderson. Instead, oh. they went and got Brewster and Ramsdale rather than getting Dean Henderson and probably being mid-table this season. That's just... Uh, I think you're, I think Joss is a big case. I think you're right. I think um, if he starts, we play a different game. Um, but you know what speaks volumes? I forgot Ox and Kate had existed. Yeah. And... Um, the both things. What might slowly be in that camp as well. I think at some point probably we just sell both of them with Shakiri and Navigi. And you know, that might maybe that builds the funds for our next big sign, you know what I mean? I think Jones has played himself into that contention. You look at the Chelsea game at the end of last season, when we beat them on the trophy lifting game. Cater at that it was amazing. He scored that screamer. You're thinking, right, here's, now's your time, lad. You know, we're linked with Thiago. Do what you got to do. And Curtis Jones has done the business, and he's just been an absolute scouser and boxed it off. So there's, there's nothing, you know, it's not against Jones or Cater. He's just he's just done what he's got to do, hasn't he? I'm excited for Jones. Very excited. And Cater as well. We've, we've brought someone in who can work with injuries better, so... Maybe he does stay because if he does stay fit, he's world class. But he's just yeah. got to keep him fit. Well, the lads like can't say with flair, and he that's yeah. what it reminds me of. He's, he just floats, and he's got some. He's got an engine on him. But uh, I don't know. It's a couple of things early on, the fact that he he didn't like, wouldn't he couldn't learn a language and stuff like that. <laughs> I thought that's that's not good. Um, he's he's shown so much promise. Like I remember that first game against Palace. When he, I think it might even be Andros Townsend. He was pressing him on the right hand side, and you see him in, in midfield, and he just rips him in half, yeah. and he just goes on this burst and run because there was loads of space because he didn't press as a team because of Roy Hodgson's side, and um, it was just like what this fella like because we knew at the time even with Henderson or Wijnaldum neither of them would have done that. He just put it into the centre half, and we'd have, we'd gone another way, but he just took it on, on himself and went nah. And he was brilliant up until that Napoli away game about two or three weeks after that. And he got that back injury and he hasn't been... The same since. Quite a consistent run since. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, hopefully one of us are right since three points. Um, and... <laughs> <laughs> That's all I want. Just three points. Just want to win. I'm bored. Only Liverpool fans could watch that run of form that we've just gone on and go, you know what? 7-0. <laughs> Quietly optimistic. I'm more optimistic Come for on, the Chelsea game now than that, but I do think yeah. we'll uh, we'll win. But yeah, nice one for coming on, Michael. No uh, worries, mate. I appreciate it. And if you're watching on YouTube, don't forget to give a like, rate, and subscribe. Follow all that jazz. And if you're listening on Spotify, follow on that. Be Redcast. Nice one for listening.